He got us. He got us. He got. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Daniel Mullins. Fucking you, Daniel Mullins. Mullins. You got us. Mullins. Daniel Mullins. Mullins. Oh, Daniel Mullins. You got us. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. But you know what he didn't get? What didn't he get, Kevin? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. Alongside with me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today we're talking about more Bioshock Rapture. Bioshock Rapture. Specifically which is part two. Still, still so very good. Still very good, yeah. So very good. There's And now part two is 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 easily the meatiest uh it is part the, of this book. It is the meaty the meaty part of the book where you're really figuring out like Oh yeah, this is where a lot of these uh, the audio journals that you find in yeah. Bioshock, a lot of them are recorded in this era. Um, because they even they even hint at the they actual even, they even reference the uh, the devices. audio journal recording devices. Yeah. <laughs> they make a point of it, uh, which I I got a real kick out of uh, because at this point because it wasn't long after this was, I don't I, I I can't speak to whether or not Bioshock was the first game that used the audio journals for like flavor and everything like that but they were i i i i have to feel like they were definitely the people who really popularized the whole thing and it wouldn't take long after this first game for that to just be paradised like yeah. so quickly right and so the fact that they even that they address it uh, just I got a real kick out of that. I thought it was fun. Yeah, and they they because they do that. It's it's in Bioshock. It's a it, you'll see it in Dishonored as well. Um, they use they use audio logs, um, and it kind of became a thing. And yeah. yeah, like you said, I don't know if Bioshock is the first thing that used it, but we definitely ran into it a lot in uh, in uh, 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 Dead Space. Dead Space uh, is, is big the same on the era of right. video games. Dead Space was big on the audio journal. Absolutely. They they just they kept popping up because and 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 audio journals were fantastic because uh, unless unless for whatever reason the game designer um I recall this being a huge issue with a lot of people where a lot of there there were some, not a lot but there were games out there that you had to sit and listen to the audio files if you wanted to listen to them you couldn't oh. just have them playing while you were running around and shooting right. and shit which is just wasted yeah wasted. you can't do that because that was the best part about the audio recordings you could listen to them and and, and right. keep the game going it was fantastic yeah yeah because because so in so in bioshock that you can definitely you pick them up and it's you you know you press what is it l on the on the keyboard to yeah. to play them or something like that. Yeah. They, so, they were and and you'd get a ton of them. You got a ton of so them. many. They really flesh out the story. Yeah. Um yeah, now sure. I I probably could have looked this up before we started. Um but I've been playing BioShock 2 and I've mm. been noticing um the only one I had played previously was BioShock. Okay. I hadn't I I had played a, a bit of Infinite and I hadn't played two at all. So I'm playing two now and I've noticed in part two of the book, there are characters that only popped up in Bioshock 2 appearing now in part two of the book as a means of, I guess, tying both one and two together. Um, well, I, I, I got to say, even with uh, 
the fact that Bioshock Infinite deals with a very different world, um, it, it, it they name drop uh, one particular character mm. uh, in the book who is in Bioshock Infinite. So it really it really crosses the entire uh, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like a linchpin trying to tie tie the three together. Even though exactly. Infinite is is like. 50 years prior or something like that. It's something like that. It yeah. takes place. Yeah. It takes place like nearly 50 years in the past or something like that. And I, I can't yeah. remember I um, years. I need to, I'm I, every time I play <laughs> Bioshock, something in my computer shuts it down. Uh, and so I'm trying to get through it and, and, and mostly trying to get through it because I've never played Bioshock two like you. And, uh, and I'm just desperate to have an excuse to play Bioshock infinite again. So, yeah. Bioshock 2 is pretty good. I've been playing it so far. I remember it was, I, I'm not sure, I think it was a letdown after one um, from, you know, critical consensus or whatever. Who cares, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, it was. I think it was considered a letdown after one, but it is, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun game. And, you know, I, I have not much bad to say about it so far. You play, as, you play as a big daddy. In, yes, in that Bioshock much I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought is, that was such a fun. Idea. It's a fun. It's a fun twist. It's a little weird um, because you don't see think of big daddies as having the agency that right. you would need for a player character to have. But right. you know, it's it is what it is. That's um, very interesting. That's very interesting. So part two starts with. Uh, Andrew Ryan mm-hmm. giving a, another there's another little quote here talking about the chain that pulls the society in the right direction um, and that's going to be something that he references so much it's, it's a just, it's a core tenet of his beliefs it's a chain. core tenet the great yeah. chain yeah. Uh, in in free market like economics you would you some people might call it like the invisible hand of, right of the um, but because I think it's 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 a nice distinction by the lore makers of Bioshock to call it the Great Chain, because Ryan often uses that hand imagery as a negative. Yes, exactly. It's smart. It's very, and we're going to see that we're going to see uh, that in up. this part too. And I yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think the most interesting thing about the speech because the speech is him basically saying farewell uh, to the rest of the world saying what here's the plan rapture is built we uh, are not going to sit around in your evil society and we're heading off and doing our own thing um how many pages was that speech kevin do you happen to recall um i'm looking at it right now and how many pages are we talking he's going on for a while it goes on for a little while it's, right it's, it's right. about it's about two and a, and three quarters of a pages before you get Sa- it transitions over to sander cohen Pretty, singing, pretty long, singing a little ditty. Pretty long, yeah. Wait. And who who could forget Sandra Cohen? Uh, pretty pretty long speech, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I, I count your blessings uh, instead of sheep, my dear friend, because this same speech is also given uh, by John Galt in Atlas Shrugged, and uh, it lasts nearly one hundred pages. Oh my God, one hundred pages. One hundred. Pages. How has anybody remember, ever read the, that book? I 
I have. <laughs> I have. That's 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 the thing. It is just and it's and even in that moment when I was in my 20s. Uh, and very sure because the whole thing about objectivism is if if you're an objectivist, uh, you probably think you you believe that you're a genius because because objectivism is all about the great geniuses. We've right. discussed the, this. the great men. We have. We talked right. about that. And, and I and I just like many white men in his mid to late 20s assumed that I was a great man uh, and, and with a capital G and a capital M uh, and uh, even. In even in the throes of that level of delusional confidence, I still halfway through that speech was like, Rand, you have got to edit, baby. <laughs> like It is just it is. Ju- it's the same thing over and over. she cannot stop drilling the same points home. And it's like this is the and, and, and if I had so John Shirley wrote the John Galt speech abridged. Pretty much. I mean, it's just, (laughs) yeah, this, this is, this is, and this would have done it two and a half pages of like, blah, blah, blah. We're leaving. Goodbye. And as you pointed out, still kind of a long speech, still a long speech. Yeah. Still could have used some editing. So it could have been a lot worse is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. And John Shirley, our author seems to know that. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we, after we get through the speeches, uh, we we get into um, because this stat, this this chapter is from uh, Bill McDonough's point of view, yeah. and uh, he's not a fan of Sander Cohen, so he's like, yeah, the, the music was boring, and then he starts just looking around at Rapture, at the thing that he helped build. Yeah. And uh, they comment. This is where it kind of gets into the commentary on the art style of the city where a lot of the design was from uh was from the world's fair of 1934 and then also um like art deco where you have uh human like people uh at their at like peak physical condition and we talked about that yeah yeah at the zenith um relief images of men cheerfully pulling chains decorated the walls everywhere art decorative trimming often shaped like rays of light emanating from glistening knobs intricate borders evoking both the industrial scale of the modern world and the temples of babylon and egypt which is that's a really great description that's like a good visual of like absolutely the the way art deco you know um kind of vibes yeah yeah (laughs) it's that it's that classical Men with muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles and, you know, sun god paganism, basically. Yeah. Uh, in many ways. And uh, but but the god that you're worshiping is yourself. Right. Uh, for all intents and purposes. I am that man. I am that uh, 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 that great man, uh, if only metaphorically. You don't see as many. Uh, bodybuilding objectivists as you would think no uh, although i can't speak from experience <laughs> there are a few that get really caught up in the physical aspect of it there i i've met a couple that would like that were like exercise fanatics because oh, they believed yeah. sincerely that was part of it you know it's like yeah. you got to perfect your body you, and your mind like it's almost like the but but i'll say they <laughs> you you get people like joe rogan 
you know, yeah. who yes. Yes. I, I would not ac- accuse him of being objectivist because that assumes that he has uh, that Opinions presupposes that. Yeah, that presupposes that he understands things. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I feel like I every time I imagine Joe Rogan, I just see a wave of knowledge crashing over him and then the wave pulling back and he is somehow dry. <laughs> he just he has to have everybody in the room. He wants everyone at the table uh, and he will gain nothing from the experience. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also get told in this uh, this section that a lot of people have died. Uh, to yeah. make this reality happen for a lot of ungenious reasons. Yeah. You know, it's just cheap. Uh, they talk about people being lazy and cutting corners and all that stuff, which, oh, people cutting corners in an unregulated, you know, Who society. Who would have thunk it? Um, but then, but then it cuts to our favorite, Fontaine. We oh. get back to fucking Fontaine, man. Fontaine, yeah. Yes, who is actually doing a pretty good job running this fishing business. Yeah, he he. This guy can just kill his way up the ladder uh, with yeah. the best yeah. of them. <laughs> he's he's actually. A, it's like he's a. You just imagine. He's like he's he must be a really good manager. Like he's actually. He's very good at managing people. If, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that the job is a con in the sense that like. He is not who he says he is, and he stole the job. And he's just an absolutely violent murderer of a man. Right. If it weren't for all of that, it would just be the story of a guy who is like, well, I've got my little fishing business and I made good. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really, really funny. Uh, Frank Gorland uh, became Frank Fontaine with we have no idea if he has any real fishing experience uh, before that, but he uh, inherits a business by way of murder. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he murders his way to the middle. To the middle, he's a he's a murderous middleman, and yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's floating around in the North Atlantic, and he's been sending letters down to Rapture to try to yes. get Andrew Ryan's attention, um, because basically they do the fishing and then they sell the fish to uh, the the rap to Rapture, basically some yeah. contacts that are go- that go back down to Rapture. And um, he's been sending these letters down and he is clearly finally caught their attention uh, because who but Sullivan uh, shows up. Uh, Sullivan, our 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 former cop, um, not a cop, Uh, (laughs) no fucking cop. (laughs) You know, the day the day uh, that my fiance told me uh, that. The Departed was one of her favorite movies and that she could watch it day in and day out. Yeah. She didn't care how depressing it was. That was the day that I called my mother and I was like, I think I'm going to propose. I think I've, I think I found the one. <laughs> I think I found the one. But I... uh, Sullivan, the co-op, uh, <laughs> he, he, they have a discussion. He warns Fontaine uh, that, uh, that there's no leaving. Yeah. If you join Rapture, there's no getting out. So if you if you if you're in, you you're know, in. If you're in, you're in. And uh, and then he admits that Ryan has been getting his letters and is kind of impressed. Yeah. Uh, and so basically they they he, he says, 
uh, do you, so we're extending an invite. Fontaine says, well, when do we start? And they go right the fuck now, bitch. <laughs> like, uh, get in. And the sub pops up. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so Fontaine is offered a place in rapture. So he's, and he, and he's already made it clear that his whole thing is he wants to ingratiate himself. Yeah. Somehow take advantage of the system, get some money and get the fuck out of there. That's his plan. It's a pretty That's cool his plan for and now. He, he wants to do exactly what it says on the tin. He has, yep. He wants to con the billionaire out of money. <laughs> right. Which is which is the American dream. That's really honestly, have you seen billionaires lately? That's a noble goal. That's uh, that is what you want to do. Like Fontaine is still our hero. There's no way around this. He is still the most admirable person in he's, this book. Now, let's be honest. He's a murderer. Oh yeah, sure. But Set, let's let's put a pin in the murder. All things being equal, though. All things being equal, <laughs> we're rooting for Frank Fontaine. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for Fontaine, and I and if and if you're reading this book now, if you say to me, "I'm not rooting for any of these people," all right, fine, Killjoy. But uh, yeah, if, like, come on. But but if you but if you're gonna root for any of them, if you say anyone, root for the guy, than, than Fontaine. Or like one of the random workers who has a pipe wrench and a chance to murder one of the billionaires. And I'm calling bullshit. Then your then your your heart is in the wrong place. Oh. Give me one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna refill this wine. What they don't tell you is if you want to successfully co-host a podcast of any stripe, you need lots of right bank Bordeaux. So it's a very important thing. It's a super important thing. The, uh, the 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 tannins keep your back straight. They uh, keep your back straight. Your yeah. your tongue wet. Yes. Until yeah. you've had too much, and then they dry that. They dries that shit out real fast. But yeah, keep that keep that that wet tongue wet. <laughs> that's that's another t shirt. That's another t shirt right there. Keep that wet tongue wet. Keep the Pixel wet lit. tongue wet. The way I see it is, you're a teetotaler, so I have to make sure. To uh, wine for both drink of us. for both of us, please. Yes. I, yes. I I encourage you. I, I, that's what I'm here for, man. And it's worked so far. It so. is. It's it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good one two punch. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to chapter seven. Yeah, uh, we're in 1948 at yep. Sinclair Solutions uh, down in Rapture, um, and. We're have we met Sinclair yet? We I think he's been referenced, but I don't I think, think Sinclair's been referenced. I don't think we've met him yet. Yeah. Uh, so it's him and him and Sullivan. And, yeah, him and uh, Sullivan are talking about Tenenbaum. Tenenbaum. Um, Tenenbaum, who is a very big character uh yes. in, in Bioshock One. Um and Sinclair is actually a one of the protagonists of not protagonists, but so far, I've play, been playing Bioshock 2. He kind of fills your the void as the the voice that's helping you. Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So he that's he's not he's not dead as of Bioshock 2, which right, takes place right. like 20, uh, 20 years after this. So, man, I gotta get to that game. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Doctor Tenenbaum is a uh, well, she's a doctor. She's a scientist, uh, and the, the, all they know really for sure is that her work has something to do with um heredity yes uh uh which to me anyone and and uh 
that's just a big old klaxon glaring red lights she's she's a german um scientist who's been doing a lot of genetics and heredity research yeah dicey uh just just (laughs) So yeah, it's it's uh, it's already it's already problematic, and nothing's so actually happening. It's like it's like clearly like like the U.S. government operation paperclip. Just what were you guys doing? Right. But Rapture is like you know what we got our own paperclip right here, Doctor Tenenbaum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we she's, can. She's the only paperclip we need. We, she's the only paperclip we need. Oh, um, it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's it, it, and she hasn't even done anything yet and you're already starting to feel kind of itchy uh in terms of like oh boy this could be this could be real bad um so they're talking about whether or not she's worth having on the team and i i this quote to me is is kind of important uh they say but ten tenenbaum sinclair went on she's taking blood from people by the bucket and more than one of them collapsed you're afraid you're uh, you're afraid you're doing something unethical. This was a word that didn't get too much use in Rapture. Sinclair blinked. Huh? Unethical? Hell, chief, I've been on the same page as, as Andrew about altruism, all that stuff for years. Why do you think I was brought in so early? Worrying about ethics. I don't do it. I, I came don't here do to it. Strike it rich. Yeah. <laughs> and that to, and that's a big one. That's another thing. I keep bringing up the parallels between this and Atlas Shrugged. Altruism is uh one of those bad words yes uh you know because the whole idea is that altruism is charity uh that is forced upon you you're forced to be good yeah and that's and that's something that that comes up later is i believe ryan andrew ryan specifically says um oh yeah charity is communism he yes that's like a literal line yes Yes, he says later. This is and this is and that's the part where you flash the words across the screen. This is what objectivists actually believe. Yes, uh, it is. It is absolutely insane. Um, and, so he's and like, just, he's like, he's like so afraid. It's weird because Sinclair is so afraid of of using the word unethical. But then right. he's also like, but what if she goes too far? And be like, well, I don't know, Sinclair. What would you call that? <laughs> Right. Right. And that's the that's the tap dancing that these people in this society have to go through, uh, because on one hand, ethics is not a thing for them. They don't believe it because if you if you talk about something being unethical, that means that by, you know, just by virtue of it being an ethics situation, you have right. to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a free market society. We don't touch that shit. It's unregulated. Um, and so. There is no such thing as ethics for us, but we're worried that this person who is Nazi adjacent uh, could <laughs> do something bad. And uh, and so he's just playing this funny. He's doing this funny little dance, trying to get a get the right words in right to express himself without sounding like he isn't a true believer. in Right. The cause. Yeah. That's a great way of getting your ass. Uh, uh, ostracized and not kicked out, not kicked uh, because out because no never one's, kick no one's going anywhere. Uh, but they could sure as hell fire you, and you're stuck down there with no job and no means of supporting yourself and no way of getting out. Yeah. Uh, so already you're getting that kind of, uh, you know, 
dictatorial USSR kind of uh, thing going on. Right. You're also getting. Um, uh, so Ryan, Ryan is worried about the communist infiltrators constantly. Right. Um, here's the funny thing is the workers there. They talk about how the workers have started talking about, you know, their troubles mm-hmm. without any like without any prompt, without any, no, they just there's, naturally there's start. no, there's no, you know, there's no Das Kapital, you know, oh. lying around. It's just like, Hey, the workers are unhappy and now they're starting to talk. Right. And Ryan is worried, you know, Sinclair and Sullivan help talk about how Ryan is worried about, you know, stuff like that. They've been hearing things, yada, yada, yada. But it's just funny because like, even in the, um, it's like, even in the darkness, like there's like a little pinpoint of light that's just like kind of like no matter how much you try to put it out. Oh, yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah. It's almost as if people will fight back when stepped upon, no matter what your stupid, yeah. you know, fantasy world creed uh, uh, happens to believe. Right. Uh, but but you know what? You know what? He uh, for all this stuff that Ryan is worried about, you know what he isn't worried about? Uh, a coca plant. He's not worried uh, about cocaine. There is a there is a there is a person down there who has set aside a piece of rapture to grow coca leaves and start manufacturing cocaine. Uh, Ryan's fine with that. Fine, make he's your just, drugs. Yeah, he's good with that. Uh, if but, people uh, don't want drugs, then they won't buy them, and then the, they will buy and them. And the the free market will dictate that. Exactly, exactly. That's just and he will and he will succeed or fail based entirely on those stats that is it all right so Uh, that that takes us to a year later um yeah in the scene change and frank fontaine has has already set set up fontaine fisheries he is yeah he's established his his storefront Um, he's wasted absolutely no time which kind of makes andrew ryan nervous Mm -hmm. uh it won't be the last time that ryan is nervous uh, about Fontaine's work, but it's definitely the first time with this, and this is the first time that the two of them meet, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and 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 so basically, what because what happens is, um, so it's it's almost like Ryan trying to reassert some sort of dominance over sure. Frank Fontaine, yeah. or assert some dominance because they've ne- they haven't really gotten to know each other that well he's he's absolutely there to remind him who's the big boss he's the alpha uh, he is yeah, the he is yeah. the, the fake wolf science alpha in this exactly. situation yeah yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly what he is and uh and it's kind of hilarious because fontaine just right off the bat sort of like openly mocks him if not mocks him kind of just disdains him everything he everything ryan says you can just kind of hear fontaine going oh, you did they just you oh oh, oh you, you worried about that yeah um, it's it's kind of hilarious and in my head i was like that might be a mistake but ryan actually respects him for it yeah that's stupid that's stupid um and ryan <laughs> says something ryan has a decent line in here where he's talking about contraband and um even even ideas can be contraband he he mentions Um, which is kind of setting the tone for where Ryan's character is going. Um, because Ryan as he is right now is not going to be the same man in like 
uh, in book time in like seven years or something like that. He is he is uh, he he'll believe he is still the pure objectivist, um, but he is he is kind of fallen far um, just right into that that it's mostly basically kind of like a mix of the right wing statist you know <laughs> where yeah. he thinks he's objectivist he's not yeah yeah the same way that uh that the 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 right will um say we're all about fewer laws and and then they try to pass a bunch of laws outlawing things that they don't like yes um and it, it, he he kind of like starts to collapse in on himself uh like a paranoid flan uh <laughs> He's just, he's just, it just, he's, it's eating him up. The red scare shit is eating him up. Uh, he's surrounded by incompetence, you know, and, and, right. and he's just trying to protect himself in a way. Yeah. And yeah, as a result, as, as we go along, he starts, um, becoming less, uh, free market and more dictatorial. Sure. Uh, which is, it, I would argue is always inevitable. Yeah, it's going to get there eventually. Um, One tends to follow the other. The other thing is Fontaine is is like, hey, uh, I should have a seat on the council. Like, yeah. And uh, Ryan's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was kind of like Fontaine's ultimate like, "Ah, I got to try. I'll shoot my shot. Wayne Gretzky, you know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, ah, fucking tried. You know, that guy from the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really admire his future game with his, the stick, with the stick and the puck and the ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, another year goes by. Uh, now it's 1949, and yes. it's it's a kind of it's a it's a conversation, and it's it's between Elaine and Bill, uh, Bill McDonough, and uh, Elaine is voicing her concern. Yes. And first <laughs> off, at this point, Elaine is pregnant. Yes. Uh, and she's, so that's, that's where a lot of the concern comes from. She's like worried about raising a kid in rapture. What's that going to be like? Um, and Bill's like super confident. Everything's going to be great because Bill, as we'll see, he isn't a true believer per se. Right. Uh, he's just grateful. Yeah. You know, he's very grateful that, that Andrew Ryan gave him this shot, you know? That's exactly it. Uh, he's just he's grateful for the opportunity. And he, so he's loyal. Right. Um, he's not necessarily. And we'll, again, we'll see this more and more as we go. He doesn't necessarily believe fully in all the the, no. the, the, the politics behind it. Right. Because when making when presented with an option, when presented with the the choice to do the the self-serving, profitable thing and to do the the right thing. Uh, Bill at his heart is going to do the right thing. Yeah. And um, he does. And he does. There's a, yeah. there's, there will be a few times where that, that kind of comes to play. Um, but yeah, so that's there, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a rough, like it, it's like a reassuring, yeah, things will be fine kind of conversation. And, yeah. it, it and cut, don't you worry, by the way, don't guys, you, if you're, if you're worried that, just because this is like a vaguely futuristic late forties, early fifties kind yeah. of world. And you're worried that bill isn't going to like, uh, talk down to his pregnant wife. Don't you worry. Uh, bill is, don't you is, worry. Bill is totally still a misogynist. Oh my God. 
the shit, the way he talks to her at the time. You're like, and I, and I get it. I don't blame the author. Like he's probably right. Like these kind of guys would totally talk this way to their wives. Uh, doesn't make it a hell of a lot easier to read. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, we cut over to, we're on a train now with, uh, Stanley Poole, who is a character. Um, he's a, on, on the tier list of characters, he's one that's not going to show up that often, but no. he's here now, uh, and he's a reporter. Um, yeah. and he's there just to do a puff piece for Carson Fiddle, uh, who is designing the amusement park for, yes. <laughs> for Andrew Ryan. Yes. Um, and they they talk about like the, uh, a, the, not uh animatronics the uh yeah animatronic animatronics, uh, yeah, yeah the yeah, animatronics totally. that fiddle is designing fiddle is kind of like a uh you know, like he would have been a disney type you know uh oh, totally, an imagineer totally. type for disney um yeah. because he has a lot of lot of visions for what he wants this amusement park to be Absolutely. um yeah there's i i i totally agree this is a very disney character he's your uncle walt uh, he's like friendly and, and kind of a visionary and kind of a, you know, a child at heart. Sure. Sort of dude. Um, but you can, but he's also very, very much a businessman. Yeah, exactly. But the meat of it is that, uh, pool overhears a conversation between Ryan and Prentice mill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, basically Prentice mill is complaining that, uh, Augustus Sinclair is trying to like edge him out of the train business. Um, and Ryan's just like, uh, but it's, you know, he's, he's just keeping you off balance, perfectly normal business tactic, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and and so basically pool is just kind of listening into, um, into that. And, um, (laughs) Ryan turns to pool and says, uh, pool, you remember our talk, nothing unauthorized. Yeah. And it's like, pool can't, it, it's like a, basically the point of this section is it was like, okay, yeah, it's already, it's already, the foundation is already rotten. It's already rotten. It, it, you know, it for, goes, uh, for it, somebody who's talking about freedom, you know, if, if, if it, if it only, if it stuck to, if the whole plan stuck to, if the worst things that happened were Ryan finding just people who were essentially his friends and yeah. said, he's a genius. I want him down there. Right. And, uh, and it, like, if, if it's stuck to that, then, you know, who is, who, who couldn't be, you know, who wouldn't do something like sure, that? Sure. Uh, uh, you want to be surrounded by your friends, but already before anything, even marginally heavy happens, it's clear that, uh, he's his, the, the, the he doesn't really give a shit about integrity in the news. He wants, no, he wants the story. He wants to tell the story. He wants to dictate the narrative. Right. Right. And what's interesting is he he believes he can because he is the owner of the newspaper. You know, right. He right. believes that's his right to. He sees he sees nothing. He sees there's nothing, nothing untoward about, about that. Um, no. He's not the government and he's no. not the government telling him what he can and cannot print. He is the owner of the newspaper telling a reporter his reporter that what he can and cannot print, which is it's one of those weird, dicey, slippery slope type of things where, okay, well in the absence of an actual government, it's, (laughs) it's, it is, it is tech without any context to surround it. Yeah. It is technically correct. 
the best uh, kind of correct. Exactly. <laughs> without without any kind of context to guide it, without any mentioning of the fact that this is the only newspaper in the area that for all intents and purposes in Rapture, he is the monarch with like all of that other shit. Right. Uh, without all of that other shit. Yes, I suppose he is right. <laughs> right. What? Um, so we move on to quite possibly uh, the most disturbing scene so far. Oh, God. Yeah. Which is, is the examination of Elaine, Bill's wife, by Dr. Suchong and Dr. Tenenbaum. It is really upsetting. It's very upsetting. Suchong basically is is examining her as if she's cattle. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're both they both if for all. I just kind of imagine because the, the fact of the matter is, is the regular doctor isn't available. Right. And so uh, Bill basically says, well, uh, you know, one one doctor's just as good one as doctor, another. One is their doctors, the doctor, doctor. professionals. Uh, he got his Ph.D. in literature, so he's qualified to give you a pap smear. Uh, and, and that's just that's basically what happens. And they and they. I just imagined it as them like yanking up her skirt and staring at her private parts. And I wasn't too far off. No, no, you were not. They are Sushong and Tenenbaum are very, very uh, comically almost uh, uh, unfeeling clinical and uh, And and exactly. Yes. And exactly the team you need for your genetic murder laboratory. Yeah. I mean, I cold, I would actually go so far as to say is that Sushong is is hateful. He has like yes. he has hate in his heart for children. Um, yes, children specifically. Children specifically. Uh, so yeah, they there. It's not a great examination, but what it leads to is Bill seeing, um, and he he's kind of lingering while Elaine is getting dressed, and yeah. he sees just this grotesque genetic abomination that that uh su chong and uh tenenbaum and gil alexander and uh and ryan are just kind of like talking over and they're talking about like the transfer for they're they're basically getting down into their they su chong and tenenbaum have a nature versus nurture debate yeah in like about whether this um about like whether they're they're correct yeah yeah the the plan here and it was kind of comical in a way like because he's literally like his his wife was literally just kind of like visually violated by these two psychopath doctors right and then like she goes to get dressed and he wanders around and suddenly the two psychopath doctors are looking into this glass tube with ryan it's like well on to the next thing now yeah um and basically, the idea is that Ryan's looking for procedures on these, like the the person in the tube. There are parts that are the metal. There are metal pieces that seem to be fused right. with the body. Uh, it's basically a proto Big Daddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and and Ryan's looking for procedures that are, will make workers work harder, longer hours without complaining, without you know, sure. without rest, without food. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, which is a great sign, which is just a sign that it's he... A, a sign that everything's all right, you know? Everything's doing fine. Everything's he doing just wants, great. He wants what's best for his workers and for society at large. Of course. And uh, yeah, this is great. This, this is, is doing great. Um, yeah. And okay, so 
I'm going to pause for a minute, minute, mm. and talk about Doctor Su Chong. And oh, please. Um, so the game is not great at it. Uh, I wish the novel was also better at the way Su Chong's dialogue is written, because yeah, it is not great. Um, it is not, and it's made worse if you're listening to the audio. Oh, it is bad if you're listening Every, to the audiobook. For anyone who doesn't recognize, get what we're talking about, Sushong is Korean. Yeah. Um, and uh, that mostly, mostly in the book, uh, pops up as kind of weirdly stilted uh, dialogue and a way that is written in such a in such a way that is clearly English is this person's second language. Sure. And then at one point they mention that he's mixing his R's and his L's up. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, mm. not not great. Um, and that's already bad enough. But then with the audiobook, of course, the uh, the reader uh, chooses to go ahead and do that for the character, even in places where it is not mentioned in the book. Right. Uh, I guess for consistency. Sure. I guess it's not great. Like, here's the thing. It's like, not great. It's just your generic stereotypical Asian accent that anybody right. would have put on in like it pre 2000s comedy um, to try to be right. funny. Right. Right. And it, it it's not. And it's really, not played for a gag. Yeah. It, to its credit. It, but yeah. Yeah. It's not um, great. And he's also described as having a thin Asian face. <laughs> I forgot about that. Which, come on, man. Like, <laughs> there are people who get, like, two sentences of description. And Dr. Sushong is, he's he's got a thin Asian face. Thin Asian face. Okay. <laughs> and you know if you've got a thin Asian face, you know what the other characteristics are. Come on. Yeah. Let's finish this book. Let's move on. So, uh, for... And that's the thing for everything good that this author does. Um, it's still, you know, uh, it's still not perfect. And there right. are some really uh, rough dis depictions. Um, we got some problems. We got some yeah. problems. And here's the thing. It's the the way that he has some of the men talking to women in the book. It's fine. It's period appropriate. The the misogyny patriarchal thing is rampant, even sure. in a in a city sure. like Rapture, where everybody's supposed to be quote unquote uh, equal. Um, right, right. I, it, well, especially especially then. Let's face fact. Especially then, but yeah. but in this instance, it's just a it's like a unforced error, you know. Yeah, that no one no one made you do. No that. No one made you do uh, that. There's no there's no you know you didn't need to make a character whose English was like stereotypical Cole Porter, anything goes bad. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, uh, that's my little musical reference for the evening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's distracting on top of everything else. Uh, um, yeah, Chong doesn't just, show up often that, I mean, he shows up often, but not often enough to like make it a, the, the biggest problem ever. But, <laughs> but when he does, but here's the thing. And honestly, and 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 this is my privilege. But uh, if it weren't for the, I don't think I'd notice it as much if it weren't for the fact that he's actually a pretty interesting character. Sure, 
He's a really interesting character. So you're right. He doesn't show up all that often, but right. when he does show up, he says some kind of horrifying things. Oh, he and, is. And he is absolutely horrifying. And it's, oh, it's, it's kind a of great neat. villain. It's he's yeah. a great oh, vi- it's, villainous. It's terrific. You know? Yeah. Um, but he could, but, but yeah, but so, so having that moment in there, it makes it, it's like, it's like trying to drive stick when you haven't done it in 10 years. You're like, Oh, oh I, I can't get started here. Right. It's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I also saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we basically were they uh, we we cut back. Basically, Bill and Elaine are now at Fort Frolic, which is the the entertainment district, so yeah. to speak. Uh, Elaine is not impressed. Yeah, she is not impressed. She's not impressed by the strip club. Um, no, she's not impressed by the gambling halls. She's not impressed by the gambling halls. It's basically just like. uh. Yeah, it, because it's kind of like the lowest common denominator of entertainment has has started popping up and uh, nothing against strip clubs. Oh, no, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with either. Uh, uh, if that's with, something you if like, that's something but... you like. But it's it's also like basically the ones that drive the most capital are the ones that are popping up. It's absolutely. not it's not like the artistic entertainment, except for Sandra Cohen's bullshit. And right. that's only because uh andrew ryan happens to like him (laughs) right right and it's and it's and it's that's the thing for all the talk about the free market um the free market is garbage a lot of time uh and and, you know you you and you can see that in real life in things like uh for example vhs versus betamax that old story why did vhs beat out betamax because porn took to vhs uh, porn shows we're gonna the industry on the whole for the most part decided we're gonna put our products on vhs and for that reason because it was the cheap. vast majority of yeah. people were buying vhs it was cheap it was uh, vhs was uh slightly cheaper to produce than yep. than betamax and it and it didn't it matter a, that it was lower quality. it was a low it was a lower quality than betamax yeah. was but who cared um yeah. betamax they were then, saving some money yeah and then the the Betamax format um, and the beta format went on to have professional applications, but was never a uh, consumer application. In fact, I used no. beta uh, even in film school. I was still using. Oh, that's funny. I was not like the Betamax tapes, but right, I was using right, beta right. lineage tapes to lay lay stuff back to. Um, oh, that's neat. I didn't so know yeah, beta, beta the beta stuff became a professional application. Um, mainly uh the technology and it was it just didn't have a consumer application because vhs ruled the day right and we're seeing stuff like that with this where it's like yeah you've got your musicals they go to see shows and that kind of thing but the vast majority of the entertainment is gambling and and tits and ass they they pass i love both they pass the liquor and drug emporium les marquis de poc which was yeah. quite thronged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where everybody is. Uh, and the gambling especially is very telling because, you know, that you, you're, you're dealing with denizens who are dedicated entirely to making as much money as possible, striking it rich and that kind of thing. Sure. So even in their, even in their uh, leisure time, they're going to be interested in trying to make money. Yeah. Um, or losing money and not caring about it. It really does say a lot about who you're dealing with here. Right. But um, while Elaine is not impressed, um, 
Bill is kind of like taking it in like, yeah, I did this. this it's like yeah. it raptures alive and it's it's energetic and it's it's, it's vibrant. And uh, this is me. You know, I I, yeah. I I helped make this happen. Yeah, he's proud of it. He's really proud of it. And then as kind of like a, a bookend to that, they end up going to see another Sander Cohen musical. Uh, and uh, Bill isn't impressed. And uh, I don't think anybody would be uh, the the. All they, they do a lot of uh, John Shirley does a great job of like showing you the art that these people are creating, that these supposed geniuses are making. Sure. And it's all very stilted and shitty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, but it's not so shitty that I like read it. I read the lyrics to these songs and everything like that. And uh, and I want to be I do want to be fair when it comes to good storytelling and that right. sort of thing. So if he were just taking uh, cheap pot shots or something like that, I would be like, look, I might happen to agree with him, uh, but those that's kind of that's a that's a cheap shot and it's boring. Uh, The lyrics and the work is just good enough that you could absolutely see this kind of thing getting made. Yeah. And I know what I'm talking about because it is now November and in November and December, me and my fiance watch nothing but shitty Christmas movies. Uh, It's become a tradition for us. And uh, these are some of the worst scripts with some of the worst actors, with some of the, 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 the the laziest, most talentless hack of directors uh, uh, and they get made, they get made. Um, So, and, and, and this is not as bad as that. Right. Uh, but it's still pretty bad. So So, you can kind of imagine it getting, so uh, I have a, uh, I have a friend, um, uh, who was uh, in talks with Lifetime or one of those channels to direct mm-hmm. a movie like that. Um, sure. And uh, apparently it's like they give you they give you everything. And it's like it's like two weeks. Um, and it's like, here's all the here's like the shot. Here's the shot charts. Here's all that stuff. Like, oh, OK. So there's like no room the, for the directors barely even have any artistic like input on it it like they're just there to keep the keep the train moving Um, right well that that makes a lot of sense because they are you do feel like you're not getting something that's crafted you feel like you're getting a product right so they Um, they don't they only takes like two weeks to shoot these things they get them in they get them out um they're in editing and they're up and that's why there's that's why you have there's a few of these networks uh that make a lot of these movies right uh it feels like there's a thousand of these there's types of movies. So many of them. And, <laughs> and, and it's kind of hilarious because when we started this last year, because in September and October, we watched nothing but horror films. Sure. Uh, and then in November, Emily said, let's watch some holiday films because we're both as much as we, we both love Halloween and we like spooky shit. We're all also actually total, uh, 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 crazy people for christmas sure uh as 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 secular as we are and like we like the season we yeah, really enjoy christmas yeah it's it's nice and so we ended up somehow watching two months of these movies and uh some of them are offensively bad mm. um others are just you know boring and and just not well made and and every now and then you get one that you're like actually that wasn't that had some moments. that wasn't the worst you know it wasn't the worst and uh, it's kind of hilarious because as we've done them, I have I am 
I'd never watched these movies before. Right. I've never I, before last year. And as we've watched them, I've started to broaden my repertoire of what I've seen. And the first few movies we watched are actually pretty popular movies in that world. And they're called um, Christmas Prince. Okay. It's a trilogy. Sure. And they are. Uh, I hated them. She made me watch all three of them in a row and I hated them. Uh, and now, though, over a year later, I have found myself based on the stuff we're wa- we've we've watched. I find myself thinking about a Christmas Prince and being like, you know, that really wasn't that bad. Comparatively, no, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I start to realize there's an audience for these movies. Yeah. And I'm starting to become that audience. you are the audience they it is you me in <laughs> um i think it's you know what it is it, part of it is it's they're they're not that expen- expensive to make no uh the money that they probably get on just like the ad runs alone during first run is probably enough to cover whatever the expense yeah. was uh, <laughs> every now and then they'll have some sort of you know weird b-list cameo sure um Although one of the ones, it was a, one of the worst Christmas movies I'd ever seen, but it had Joey Fatone in it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I found myself, and he, and I remember going, Joey Fatone, what the fuck is he doing? But he was actually kind of funny and charming. Sure. Like, he was actually having fun. He was trying his damnedest to have fun. Yeah. So anytime he got into the scene, we started going, Joey's here, Joey's here. And we got excited It'll to be see a fun Joey scene. Fatone. <laughs> yeah. And I gave the movie... Um, I rate the movies and I gave it half a star uh, and I made it very clear that that's half star belonged to Joey Fatone. That's that that is, it, that's Joey's star. That is Joey's star. <laughs> that if you hadn't put that cameo in there. But yeah, they, they, their budgets are weird like that because like on one hand, yeah, you're right. They clearly aren't going through these very fast and it probably is just a shoestring budget. On the other hand, they'll occasionally have these kind of people. It's like this person used to have a career. Yeah. Like most, most of the money must have gone to this, person, right? Uh, or some sort of deal where, like, they get a they get a percentage, or yeah. something like that. Slide them in there. They had nothing to Slide do. Slide them in. Get them. Give them a producer credit or something. Like yeah. That. Uh, but anyway, that's our that's our anyway, Christmas movie. Christmas movie. Tangent. Talking about Christmas movies. If you if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna listen to a podcast. Of me and Emily discussing the horrifying holiday movies. Oh my uh, god! Do you guys do that? That would be. I think we could do that. Actually, the more oh, I think about it, the more that, it, that it would could be just amazing. be a mini series that runs when during the the holiday season. Yeah, yeah, we'll run. We'll run it. We'll run it uh, November through December or something yep. like that. Oh, season after season. That would be. Oh my god! That would be amazing. <laughs> All right, where were we? We were talking. Uh, we were. Bill is doing something down in the heat loss monitoring station down yes. in Hephaestus, which is a nice reference. Like Very calling cool. it Hephaestus is cool. Um, yeah. Who is like, he was a, he's a Greek God of blacksmiths. He was the Smithy of this, the gods. Yeah. He, was, he was lame. Um, and he was, uh, and I don't mean, <laughs> I don't, I'm not passing a judgment call. He, his legs did not work. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and he was the ugliest of the gods and he was married to Aphrodite who cheated on him constantly. Oh, but yeah, poor guy. Yeah, it's a cool reference. It's a fucking it's cool, cool reference. reference. Yeah. 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 Um, and I believe his hammer is you, they, you find his hammer in Hades. If you're playing Hades, the, wep- oh, really? the oh, upgrade, 
the upgrade item if you want to upgrade your weapon for that run it's you get hephaestus's hammer i believe if i recall correctly I play that game. um play that game. anyway yeah so what is bill doing down in um please yeah. with ryan again uh ryan wants his opinion uh they've been it's by at this point it's 1950 yep and the city's been settled for about two years Bill's baby's been delivered. You know, everyone's kind of settled in. Um, and Ryan is wanting Bill's opinion on just various projects. It, 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 at different points in the book, Bill basically, it shows that Bill, Bill's kind of sick of being Ryan's spaniel, essentially. Right. He kind of like, he kind of clicks his heels and Bill uh, Bill's expected to follow along. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan's becoming way more paranoid about, you know, parasites. The parasites, yeah. Yeah, he's hearing rumors of unions, and on top of that, uh, and to make things matter, make matters worse, uh, they need more workers. Yeah, because wouldn't you know it, this is not exactly a society where skilled blue collar labor uh, laborers are thrilled to come in and join on the fun and and join on the fun and also not get paid because right. there's no minimum wage, which will come up later. Um, right, but yeah, so so. Uh, and this is this is this is hilarious because Bill proposes to Ryan that you can't just tamp down on these ideas. They have to just go ahead and thrive in the marketplace of ideas. Right. And this Which, convinces Andrew Ryan to back off on on like on like forcing down the union talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uses he uses like a, he uses like a, a dark net buzzword. Uh, uh, and, and it, and it actually works. It's like objectivism judo that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that Bill yeah. uses on Andrew Ryan. <laughs> yeah. And, and Bill, and you get the real distinction that Bill doesn't give a shit. No. He just wants Ryan to shut the fuck up for a minute. Just shut up about the goddamn parasites. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Ryan. And Ryan actually says, he says how, um, he's talking about, uh, and, and, and Ryan admits to also not liking Fontaine. Uh, he's not happy with, uh, all of his stuff, even though he isn't doing anything wrong, as far as he can tell, but he doesn't like him. Uh, he claims that he likes competition, quote, within reason. Right. Uh, that doesn't sound very free market to me. <laughs> yeah, within reason. <laughs> within um, reason. Which is hilarious, given some of the later scenes. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's basically, and he, excuse, he basically says that he's worried about Frank's connection to the outside world. Because the fishermen uh, are the only ones who technically leave rapture um like it's like the fishermen kind of go outside of the city to catch their fish and yeah. um other than other than fontaine the only other person uh who who goes to the surface i think is bill and uh sullivan occasionally right right every, every now and then every now and then uh, yeah and only on business kind of uh trips uh and it's 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 really funny because he's just the idea of people leaving is so distasteful to him, not just because of the aspect of like bringing back contraband, like he says, ideas are contraband, uh, Bibles, uh, union papers, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but just he sees people leaving as uh, quitters. Right. He, he, people want to leave. They want to go. It's not working out for them. And he loathes them as quitters. Uh, but instead of actually letting them go, he forces them to stay. Right. Uh, so uh, 
Bill's trying to like, and, 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 and Bill's trying to calm him down. It's like you said, he, he tells him like, Hey, we got to just, people are going to talk. They're going to bitch. Just let it go. Just let it go. And Ryan kind of questions Bill's loyalty for a moment says, who do you, who do you, do you still believe in this? And, and Bill's like, absolutely. 100%. I, I still believe my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Ryan comes up with his great idea. Uh, with a capital G, he says, I plan to start a new program of civic education. Banners, a great many more of them, educational announcements on television and public address, and billboards. I'm bringing in someone to help us train them to see that the world outside Rapture is the real prison, and Rapture is real freedom. Oh boy, enter, this is working out great. Enter Dr. Sophia Lamb. Dr. Lamb! Now, this is an interesting character, a very interesting she character. She is a psychiatrist. Yes. Um, and she believes the same thing that Ryan believes, that mm -hmm. society is sick, and she is, uh, she actually believes that were the, the world a person, she would give the diagnosis of suicidal. Right. That was a, it's a great line. Yeah. Um, but basically, we have... Um, Ryan is is interviewing Dr. Lamb. Um, she was she had been in Japan when one of the bombs dropped. Right. Uh, so she saw firsthand and that a lot of her uh, some of her uh, clients, so to speak, uh, were killed in the in the uh, in the dropping of the bomb. And she, yeah. she there's like there's immediately a little bit of tension between her yep. and Ryan because while they have these same views of the outside world that it is poisoned they have very different points of view on how to fix the outside world or yes. how to fix rapture um and she's also um she also talks about like um so he goes it's a pleasure to have you join us in our brave new world and she goes brave new world a reader of shakespeare the tempest wasn't not um, and then he's like, oh, are you surprised I'm familiar with Shakespeare? And, uh, she says, um, <laughs> she no, responds, you're no, you're, you're a wealthy man. You can afford to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was not an it's obvious nice, criticism. It's a little, it's a little jab. Yeah. yeah. Yet somehow it was condescending, but she smiled and he saw a glint of charisma. Um, so yeah, that right away they are immediately immediately a little a little tense, and they they talk a little bit more um, about uh, the uh, the Hiroshima thing. Um, but yeah, they basically he wants her there as the psychiatrist to talk to the people of Rapture, um, and also help him come up with some of these educational plans. But also, yeah. just, like, write up a general report of what's going on in the minds of the people of Rapture uh, from yeah. her psychiatric point of view. Um, yeah, and 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 it's it's such an interesting. Um, it just shows you. Here's the thing: I like Lamb, and anyone uh, on our side of the political aisle uh, will like Lamb uh, on at least for her politics, sure. at least for her stance on economic values stuff like that right but she's uh a we will find out she's just as much of a fanatic on a certain level as ryan sure. is 
equally narcissistic, yep. I would argue. And uh, on top, but but despite all of that, Ryan, it just shows you more about how bad Ryan's fucking decision making is. Right. Where it's like she is so clearly the wrong person. Totally for the this wrong world. person for this role. She doesn't. She she hides it, but not well. No. And uh, and he still says he still gives her a crazy important job. Right. Tapping into the pulse of the people of Rapture. Right. You know, a man who is so paranoid about ideas, uh, he gives that job to her. And it's just like at that point, you're like, well, you deserve anything you get. Yeah. At this point. You're, yeah, this is this is you're eh, come on, man. Um, yeah. he, he really shoots himself in the foot a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is chapter eight, by the way. This is how chapter eight begins. This is how chapter eight begins. Yeah, we yeah. we have started chapter eight, and now um, we are at Neptune's Bounty, which is where Fontaine's Fishery is located. It's kind of that. Yes. If you played Bioshock, it's it's kind of an icy level. It's the ice level. <laughs> yeah, it's the ice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and Tenenbaum is uh, interacting with the the dock workers out oh there. Oh my god! It's so fucking weird. <laughs> Tenenbaum, so <laughs> every time Tenenbaum shows up, I get kind of like, ooh, because what kind of fucking weird shit is she going to do so it, this time? One of the dock workers, um, she was trying to extract semen from the dock worker. And the, yep. her method of doing that was jamming a needle into his balls. Yeah. And uh, the guy ends up screaming. And running out of the clinic with his pants down and a needle in his testicles. Right. Which is just like, not only that, that just shows you how she's a bad doctor. Like that's a, that's for a lot of reasons. Don't get me wrong. She's a bad doctor for like, you know, eugenics not, style for reasons Nazi too. reasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's also just like it, it. That's just ignoring Occam's razor so much that it it, it, it like just like oh, we need semen. Well, I know what I will do. Yeah, a needle in the in the testicles. <laughs> a needle in the balls. Right in the balls. So she's been let go from that particular position. She's still in Rapture. She's still working, but they're not asking her to collect semen samples no, anymore. Uh, 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 please stop collecting semen samples. Please, please stop doing um, that. The 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 core of this scene, though, is that she sees a um, she sees a, a a guy by the name of Stiffy, <laughs> which just that. Come on, that wasn't a coincidence. Come on, man, you did that on purpose, yeah. surely. Yeah, you did. Um, who is playing catch with another guy and uh. Stiffy had the nickname because his hands barely worked. He one hand yeah. didn't work at all. The other one only half worked, but now he's catching and throwing a ball and Tenenbaum's like, uh, how did that happen? And he tells her the story of getting bit by this sea slug. And mm -hmm. wouldn't you know it? He got bit by the sea slug and his hands worked. They healed up quite nicely and, and, he happens to have the slug still. He kept it because yeah. a free enterprising man of rapture he is. He kept it in on his, on in a bucket filled with seawater because hey, he might be able to sell it to somebody. Might be able to sell it to somebody. And 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 
that somebody is a recently fired Nazi doctor <laughs> who is wondering why people looked at her weird for stabbing a man in the testicles to get his semen. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so she has acquired one sea slug, little tenon one. bomb chibi holding it above holding her head. Up single sea. <laughs> 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 you got one sea slug. <laughs> that is her. That is her success. That is her success. She she gets that sea slug. Um, <laughs> and we cut back to to Doctor Lamb's office. Um, and uh, basically, it's it's the middle of a therapy session. Um, yeah, and she's with a, with a worker with a worker who is regretting. Like he's clearly regretting a lot. Um, oh, he God, regrets yes. that he brings his his kids. Uh, he thought this was going to be like a road to riches thing, like the Comstock mine. Um, and then he's he's really laying it all out there. And then he's like, oh, 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 wait, wait, you work for Ryan, right? Um, and she's like, well, yeah, kind of. But, you know, everything, anything you say is going to be confidential. You know, this is right. just going to like it'll he's be in a that general he's report. Get in trouble. Yeah, it'll be in a general report, but there's not going to be any names or anything. And right. he like he buttons up. Um, he buttons up, uh, uh, right away. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh no, no, I wasn't misled. They were straight with me. It's perfectly fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. Everything's cool. We're all fine yeah. here. Thank you. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and this leads to, uh, uh, lambs, uh, the, the, the first sign I mentioned before of like this, this kind of budding, um, leader in her where she starts to become convinced that she believes that rapture is going to fail. Yeah. She does a little dire entry and she's like pretty much convinced rapture is going to fail. And, uh, but after these psychotherapy sessions, she starts to believe, ah, unless I, unless can I can, can stop it from failing because, right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it shows she writes down, Subjects are typical in mistrust of Ryan and feeling of alienation. Social claustrophobia at boiling point for some. Financial status a key factor. Higher incomes show less anxiety. Oh, right. I mean, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we're getting we're getting a a Ryan rival, uh, if you will. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder if mm. somebody is, uh, we'll see. Um, mm. meanwhile, at pumping station five. Yes. Yes. Bill McDonough oh, this is, is, this is great. Is, is doing some cleanup work and, and Ryan's like, Oh, look at, there's a, look, there's a puddle of, of stuff on the sidewalk. Why is that there? Fix. You got to make sure you fix that up. And Bill mm -hmm. is like, well, uh, funny. You mentioned that. I wouldn't have to fix it up so often if the factories weren't using such corrosive chemicals. <laughs> right. Right. And Ryan's like, that that smells like regulation. That smells like regulation right. to me, Bill. Right. And and Bill Bill's very he he's he, he's doing the tap dance, man. Uh he's he's doing what he can. And he says to him, he says, Well, you know, when you think about it. It's good for us too because these same 
heavily corrosive chemicals are polluting the water, and that could be a problem for us down the line because yeah. the fish we eat live in that water and all that right. stuff. And Ryan, who is a well-known scientist. Well-known scientist. Uh, like, oh, the water dilutes it all. It's fine. Yeah, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. We couldn't possibly do that. We can't. It's, there's no way. You can't that we could pollute, pollute the water. water. You can't pollute. You can't pollute the water. You can't pollute so the water. badly that every fish in existence has a level of mercury in it that might may or may not be driving us all completely insane as we consume said fish ah. slash mercury. Yeah. That's just not a thing that happens. It's not that bad. Uh, and then, as if to prove Bill's point. Uh, they, they're wandering down the street and there's this storefront that is just flooded with garbage completely. Yeah, covered it's two garbage. grocery stores. There's yep. one flooded with garbage and then there's another one across the street from it. Right. And they have been diversifying. Yeah. As the book says, uh, which, you know, you, you mean basically they own more than one business. Right. The grocery stores, one of them. And the other guy, the guy who uh, one of the grocery store uh, gentlemen also owns the cleanup crews around there that clean up the streets and the, and he's charging everyone else a reasonable amount, but his competitor, the other grocery yeah. store, he's charging an ungodly so amount. That the Shep, guy will never be able yeah, to pay. Shep has bought the, the, the garbage pickup company and Gravenstein, who is, uh, who is beset by the garbage is like, he's just trying to rub, run me out of business. And, right. and Ryan is like, All's fair in capitalism and capitalism. Right. And he's right. like and kind holding, of his, holding his, his, you know, suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs through the suspenders. Yes. No, and, and it's kind of hilarious because he clearly doesn't like the guy who is taking advantage. Right. Uh, he sees oh, he it thinks as he's a, grotesque. Right. He sees it as a personal failing. Yeah. And it, it's like, uh, it, it made me think of, I had a friend who, um, he believed in the whole notion of um, he was he was really into like the manly man kind of thing. Sure. And he and he really believed in the notion that like, oh, well, you know, when two guys fight, it's just a matter of honor. And then when the fight's over, they could shake hands and be friends because they figured it out uh, through, you know, honorable fisticuffs. And I and I told I said, I don't know what kind of guys you hung out with growing up yeah you know anytime someone i knew got his ass beat or anyone else got their ass beat they just hated the guy even more right they didn't go well i lost in the in in the fair the battle fair battle of fisticuffs of now let us right. be friends it's not how this shit works it's not uh so ryan see and, and it's kind of a similar thing he believes in this mythology of the gentleman you know, that seems to be what it is. Yeah. Like he he loathes Shep for being uh, a bore and a, and, a, and, a, and a dishonorable person. Right. But he's not breaking the rules. And the rules are do whatever you want. Pretty much. Uh, and and then uh, so he tells the guy, the guy comes to him, and says, look, I can't afford this. This isn't fair. I'm doing everything right. And this guy is is fucking me over. This isn't this isn't normal competition. This is this is something different. Right. And Ryan says basically he says be a man. Yeah. Deal with deal it. With deal it. with it like a man. Yeah. And uh, so the guy Graven, deals with it like Gravenstein a man. Gravenstein deals with it like a man. And you know how he deals yes, with he it does. like a man. He goes into a store. He grabs a gun, and he shoots Shep. 
uh, and murders like him. Like a man. And like a man. And now Ryan Ryan is frustrated now because you're yes. like, oh, now that is against the law. Like, that's the one thing that you're not allowed to do is murder. And which is so funny to me because it's like, why draw that line? There? And, and I could just imagine Ryan like throwing his top hat down and stomping on it. Like, <laughs> I got to call a constable oh. now. Um, and then he doesn't have to call anybody because Gravenstein nope. kills himself. Uh, right. And like, a, like, like a man, like a man, like a man. Um, he solves Jesus. the problem. Yeah, uh, he saw. Yeah, he 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 understood the assignment, and uh, and and he kills himself. Uh, and that is how this shit works. Ultimately, that is how the rapture works. Um, right. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> lamb, lamb. That's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna introduce every chapter or section that has lamb in it. Lamb. Uh, she's she's basically in another another psychotherapy session. Yeah. And um, a woman who's been very kind of gaslit. Yeah. By how this world works. So Mar- it's it's a woman named Margie. And it's a it's a nice thematic cut because we get yeah. Gravenstein killing himself. And we cut to Margie saying there's only one way out of this burg, Doc. And it's if I kill myself. And then she said she's like, but I don't even know if that's true, because I think there's ghosts here. And it's like it's the, uh-huh. it is so overwhelmingly sad like where where this woman is at you know she is she like sophia is like you know ghosts are just in people's mind and uh then finally she says well maybe maybe i only have myself to blame yeah yeah and it is she blames herself she blames herself and it's like the ultimate in like she has been gaslit to the point where she like everything bad thing that has happened to her down a rapture is her fault. Yeah. Yeah. She blames herself. So, uh, she has, she has bought, uh, the company store line hook, line and sinker. Um, anybody who here, who, who doesn't know what the company store is, by the way, go ahead and do your, I'm not going to get into it at this point. Cause Christ, uh, but yeah. like, check out the Wikipedia article on, uh, look it up country stores and how that shit works. Sold the my soul to the company store. Exactly. And this is just an, ex- this is a natural extension of that. Yeah. Um, if, if, if programs like the new deal and if, and if certain socialistic things hadn't happened, uh, this, this is, this is the natural progression of these things. Right. Um, yeah, and Sophia writes down, there's a consistent pattern of disappointed expectation and patience. Like, everybody who has come to Rapture in that she is talking to is disappointed that they are not, that their lives are not better. That Rapture was not some silver bullet. It wasn't a magical yeah. cure-all. Uh, a, not a, it wasn't a tincture or a tonic that that would make their life better by removing you know, church and the government and all this stuff that was just standing in their way because, so they could be great people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's how it's sold. That's how and, that kind of thing and, is. They always, they always pay lip service to like, and oh, there's going to be some work involved. Yeah. And but, uh, Sophia, that's when Sophia just makes the note, the, the new deal note to herself, basically mm-hmm. no recourse for those stricken by bad luck, no WPA, which was the Works Progress Authority, right? That was yeah, it's like the CCC, yeah. the same basically. Uh, nothing to catch those who fall. Enormous potential for social ferment. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's just it. She's seeing. She's seeing. It's, it's they're good sections. It it kind of initially you might look at this and go, what does this serve that wasn't served already uh, with her last worker? And this this is the worker who she was talking to is obviously the laborers, the people on the ground. This is somebody who is even lower on the rung. Right. This is, this is, this is a woman who has been forced into prostitution. Right. Um, and is, and, and it is, if you can even believe it somehow lower on the rung than some unskilled Navi out there just trying to make a buck. Uh, these people are, these people are being taken advantage of and hurt. Right. And, uh, and it, and it somehow gets worse. It somehow just keeps getting worse. And, 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 uh, lamb, uh, finishes her, her thought, um, a gradual revolution first in mind. And then in fact, transforming rapture from within. So she has her MO now yeah. for, for, for dealing with the problems. And then it's uh back. It's we get we get Frankie Fontaine is back in the action. Oh, thank, thank God. God. I need a little more Fontaine. In my what's life. Fon- what's he doing? What's he doing here? Well, Fontaine's still digging on Rapture. He still really seems to be enjoying it. And he's scamming him uh, as he planned. He started smuggling. Uh, he's bringing in uh, beef because the people of Rapture are getting sick of fish because all there is is fish. Right. Uh, I love fish. But uh, yeah, eventually you're gonna want a steak, yeah, or some chicken nuggies, and uh, so, uh, so he's smuggling a Mickey in. D's. Come on, yeah, why not? Why not? He's 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 smuggling that in along with Bibles, Bibles, uh, and he makes a he makes a point of saying Ryan hates Bibles. I just laugh at people who like Bibles. It really he does not have, um, you know, he doesn't have an opinion on these things. He just knows there's he, a need for there's them. A need and he's and bringing it he's in. He's a businessman. He is exactly. Exactly. So he's like he's he's basically filling in the gaps that Ryan refuses to. So here's the thing. Here's and I just came made this connection is that the difference between Ryan and Fontaine is that Fontaine is in actuality the objectivist mm-hmm. who needs like this is. If, if you want it to be truly objectivist to the prescribed standards of objectivism or whatever, that's Frank Fontaine. I don't know about, I don't know if I'd take it that far mm. only because objectivism is still an ethos. Sure. To, Fontaine to get, has none. Right, right. To get, to get real Lebowski on you here. Say it's, what it's you will a, about it, objectivism, man, but it's still an ethos. <laughs> It's still an ethos. Exactly. <laughs> Ryan is Ryan is still he's he's so Fontaine at, is more of like a, a, a nihilist capitalist. There you go. He is, he's a not he's an he's an he's an anarcho capitalist. Yeah. If such a thing can even exist, which I'm not oh, sure. Oh, it does. Can. It does. But uh, he, he is a yeah, he is a nihilist out to make a buck for himself. Uh, Fontaine, uh, Fontaine uh, Ryan, as much of a scumbag as he is, uh, at least has a series of rules. Sure. His rules are stupid. Oh God. And he ignores them 50% of the time. Uh, but he does have rules and Fontaine has no rules. Right. Um, so they're, they're very similar. They are, they are intensely similar people. Uh, and the only reason, and you see it in the way that Ryan, it's kind of hilarious because Ryan regards Fontaine with kind of it. He knows they, they don't have the proof. We find out he, they don't yet have the proof that Fontaine's doing all the smuggling sure. and shit. Uh, but they're pretty sure. And even with that knowledge, Ryan kind of respects Fontaine. He, he goes, he's willing to do 
what he needs to do. And Fontaine doesn't give a shit about Ryan. He doesn't give Fuck a shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And and it's like, and here's the thing. They're both despicable people. Totally. Uh, But at least with Fontaine, you're like, he's actually living the way he means to live. Yeah. You know, if you're going to live, if you're going to live by some sort of ethos, then fucking do it. Right. Uh, and, and that's Ryan can't even pull that off no. for all of his money and, and connections and all that shit. Ryan is too concerned so, with specifics. Exactly. Exactly. Like, He's Fontaine too concerned doesn't, with that doesn't care about the like, like, we're like, oh, that would betray my one rule. We're like, Fontaine's like, rules? Nah, nah. I yeah, don't. <laughs> that's exactly it. Ryan has a vision. Ryan has a vision. He, he. He is very, Ryan is very into how smart he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ryan is very wrapped up in being a great man. Fontaine doesn't give a shit about being a great man. He just wants your money. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's where it is. It, ego plays no part in it. Right. You know, uh, uh, Fontaine kills a guy and takes his identity and doesn't spend an hour and a half afterwards jerking himself off over how smart he is. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the he's difference. He's not building statues to himself. Right. He's just, he's there to take the gems out of the statue's eyes. He is true chaotic neutral thief. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, they seem very similar, but, and they aren't, but there's a, enough of difference a, there. That yeah, there is, that's striking. true. There is a little bit of a, uh, yeah. And, and whereas Ryan is lawful evil. I would argue, yes, I would argue, yes, lawful evil. Yeah. 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 Uh, selfishness is a virtue and I have a code of ethics. Yes. Uh, even though I won't call them ethics. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, what Fontaine is that, meeting yeah. with Dr. Suchong and uh, Dr. Suchong and Tenenbaum and Tenenbaum's like, yeah, I mean, Ryan kept telling us to work on whatever and then like wouldn't give us the money to do what we wanted to do. Right. And there's no money. There's no money to fund. Them. Yeah. And uh, Fontaine's like, well, then uh, I would love to, you know, uh, I would love to fuck with Ryan. Um, yeah. He's like, hey, Tenenbaum, you're working as a free agent. Yeah, it's a good description. Um, and that's when she mentions the thing about Ryan being inconsistent with the funding. Um, yeah. And Su Chong is like, yeah, I don't want to make uh, Ryan angry, but we need more money we to do right. the things that we want to do. Um, and then, and the stuff they want to do is pretty fucking horrible. Like Sushong, this is where we have Sushong going. Oh, they're so fucking, they're like, they, we, we want to experiment and we have, we know what we need to experiment on. And they're all such babies. We want to experiment on their kids. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I got to protect the kids. Like he literally says that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, so, oh, this is great. This is like just misogyny and rapture. Um, oh, here we go. So uh, this is true what you say. Ryan says work on anything, but research t costs money. This is this is Tenenbaum saying this. Financial support is, what is the word, inconsistent. She flicked her eyes at Su Chong. Dr. Su Chong does not wish to make Mr. Ryan angry, but we both need more. And Su Chong frowned, woman, do not speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, it's they have a real uh, detente between Su Chong and Tenenbaum. They, it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah. They they outwardly yeah. don't like each other, and they 
they still work together somehow. <laughs> right. Well, they 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 actually do rec- they they don't agree on almost anything. No. But they recognize the skill in each other and and if it weren't for them because uh, they I think they they openly admit they probably wouldn't be where they are if it weren't for the other yeah, one. Yeah, cuz Suchong um Suchong is I forget what his specific specialty is, um, but he's really more about is he the neurosurgeon? neurosurgeon, neurology, something, something like that, because he's like he's more that. about the how the brain and, and synapses work, whereas right. she's all about genetics. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, uh, they, they're having a, a conversation and Fontaine wants to basically take them under uh, his wing. Uh, Su Chong has a speech about how vile children are. Um, yeah, and 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 he wants to and and then he wants to experiment on him, and Fontaine says, "Well, uh, I can't get you that right now, but I could probably get you some people, some adults who have been very naughty." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know? Fontaine's like, "What's funny is like there are moments in this story where even Fontaine is given like a gives like a slight pause to right. what." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The insane scientists want from him. Yeah. And, and they're like, everybody seems to have a limit in this book, yeah. except for the scientists, except for the scientists. <laughs> um, basically, he gets to. Yeah. It, he's like, kids, you know, the kids are terrible. It's an experiment on kids. And Fontaine's like. Oh, I mean, eventually, get, sure. Why not? Well, good, sure. Good. You know what? Fuck it. I can probably get behind that if the paycheck's good. If the, if the money's uh, good, I can get behind that. But let's start with uh, people. Let's adults. Adults. adults yeah. Who we can. <laughs> and uh, and from there, they start discussing uh, the beginning of of uh, plasmids, essentially, yeah. of powers, of being able to manipulate the human body uh, to heal and to do all kinds of things that the body to, right. to make the ubermensch, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. The, and this will lead into the Fontaine futuristics and the plasmids and, and all that fun stuff. And all that stuff that I know you've all been waiting for. Yep. So we'll leave it there uh, for this evening. Cause that was, a, Cause, it was a lot of stuff that, in those. It's a lot of stuff. It, it's the, the, this, this part, part two is meaty in, in so many ways. It covers a lot of ground. It's very long. And it also, uh, there's a lot to talk about in this. There's one. a lot so, to stop um, and talk about. Uh, there's, yeah. a, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes us like three, three parts just to get to, to part two of this book. To, yeah, I, exactly. Because, exactly. and you got new characters kind of popping in and out. Um, there is yeah. so much happening in, in part two, uh, of this book. It is, it is a huge chunk of the book. And, um, so that was, that was the first three chapters of part two. The first three or four chapters of part two. Um, and there are how many chapters? I think it's part it's part, it, it goes up to chapter 13. But some of these okay. chapters okay. are much longer than others. Uh, even in the, I was looking at the audiobook um, table of contents, and several of these chapters alone, the chapter is an hour long um, by itself. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, sure. In, in the audiobook. So they are some beefy chapters in here. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're covering a lot of ground here. And on top of that, it's a highly political book. And that means that me and Kevin are going to go on rants every and now we're going to stop and just talk about the politics. And that's fine. And, and I, and I, and I have to believe here's the thing. If, if, uh, if you've been following us all along, uh, and you don't care for our politics, you're, you're not here. You haven't, you, you, you haven't, haven't been stayed listening. around you haven't for, been for this one. Yeah. 
you know, it, or if you have, you're like, I, I like the show, except for they occasionally get into a political rant that I don't like. Uh, but it's good. The moment you saw we were covering a Bioshock uh, franchise book, you were like, um, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you guys in a month. See, see us uh, in a month when we're when we're back on some other bullshit. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, if you're if you're just now joining us and you don't like our politics, bye. Uh, it's really as simple as that. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, uh, when I was reading this book Yeah, and, uh, I wrote a, um, I wrote and made a YouTube video that was a mini documentary about dungeons, dungeons and dragons yeah. and the satanic panic in the 1980s. It's, a great video. it's my most popular video. Thank you very much. Uh, check it out on YouTube at Elcon keys to dork. It's my most popular video. And I still, and I thought I was being clear when I made this yeah. years and years ago, I still uh, uh, get uh, comments from people on there who uh, believe on one hand stupid and or despicable things and think that I'm on their side. Yeah. And uh, and I've always regretted that I wasn't even more bare, bare bones clear. Yeah. With with some of the the people that have that thought pattern, you really got to hammer it home. You got to be super clear. Um, So let this be my manifesto. Let us be clear. (laughs) Let us be very clear. Uh, We are not. We are. We are not. We're not the Randians you're looking for. (laughs) We are not. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. That is like our 19th T-shirt. 19th T-shirt idea. We're not the Randians. We're not looking. the Randians you are looking for. Fucking Christ. So, but this is, but the books, I mean, but it's, yeah, it is, it it's, is a good book. It's good so far. I'm, I'm digging yeah. it. Um, yeah. I'm already, I think I'm already read to just about the end of part two. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm a few chapters away from the end of part so two. So I know where it's I gotta going. I got to tell you people, if you, if you've got, if you got an audible account or anything like that, um, get the audiobook version of this. If you're looking for an excuse to replay Bioshock, sure. there is nothing quite so satisfying as replaying Bioshock while listening to the prequel, like listening to, because you're listening to where this world started right. out while playing through its future. And the, 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 just the, the, the cataclysm the, that came from the, it all. the decay of a yes. true Randian society. Oh, you get to it, just bask in it. It does. It does want a body good. It, it really does, does want a body uh, good. It's uh, it's yeah. So it's it's a great book so far. I'm really enjoying it. They, he would have to really, really goddamn drop the ball. And who knows? I mean, he might. And and, and I've seen We've, it happen we before. Have, we have covered books uh, and uh, that have done that before. So yes, we're always at, ready at for exactly it to the halfway point. At exactly the half. Mm, yeah. mm. Okay. Mm. I, oh, oh, oh no! What is? Oh no! What is? What is this? What's happening here? What do I have on my? Oh, oh, <gasps> oh that's weird. Oh, that's weird. Oh no! It's almost. It, it was funny when you you uh, the the screen blanked it out at a time to suggest that it was unseeable it was, uh, untoward material. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, so far, so far, basically exactly halfway through the book right now. Yep. And, uh, but so far so good. So yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. it. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, if you want, uh, actually, I'm not going to say if you want, please just go please. and follow us on Twitter at Pixelit pod. It is probably the fastest way to get updates on whatever the hell we're doing 
Um, Absolutely. Uh, also, go and uh, go to pixelitpod.com. That's our website. All the episodes get posted there with the added bonus of having a automated transcript so you can see what a computer thinks we're saying, uh, at the very <laughs> least. Um, oh, the future is a wide and wondrous it thing. Is. It, it is. It is a wide and wacky Mr. Toad's wild ride of technology. Good lord. Um, so, pixelitpod.com, uh, at pixelitpod on Twitter. Uh, please go check us out there. If you're listening on Apple or iTunes, uh, go down to the bottom, give us five stars, or write us up a nice little review. It really helps the analytics. Um, until next time, thanks for listening and have a good night. Bye.